1: And welcome to CEO Coach this Monday afternoon. I'm actually talking to you from London, England today at the Churchill. I'm speaking with a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Saunders, who is a serial uh, entrepreneur, uh, as I am. He's running a business called – excuse me, about business intelligence right? He's got the ability for an organization to collect, maintain, and organize knowledge, right? That's what business intelligence is. The goal of business intelligent, intelligence is to support better business decisions. So That's a pretty broad brushstroke there. Welcome, Jonathan. Tell us a little bit about business intelligence. Who uses it and how does it play out? What are the elements of it?
2: Um, hi, glad, glad to meet you all on this uh, Webmaster Radio. Um, business intelligence, um, it's, it's an interesting one. It means different things to different companies. I think it's taking your business data um, and external sources of data, bringing that together and presenting it back to the users, either within the company or external to the company, that need it to make decisions within the business. So you get a full understanding of what's going on.
1: Makes good sense. All right. So a lot of us work in analytics, of course, in marketing and search marketing and PPC and affiliate marketing and so on. In the world of digital marketing, there's a tremendous amount of data uh, involved, obviously. And we are one of the providers of the data to these companies who take this intelligence and several other points and make decisions around it. So we get a sense of that. So you've got a company called ExoQuery 365 yeah what's its claim to fame in the world of business intelligence
2: um i think the, probably the the number one biggest differentiator is it's the first pay as you go it's um okay. traditionally if you want to buy a business intelligence tool set you buy a, a client server um you, you invest in a some powerful server you specify the number of users you want, even though you don't know. You might have to buy a 1,000 licenses or an unlimited license set, and then you roll that out through your business. What we've done with ExaQuery is we've just said, that's a stupid idea because a lot of people don't know, and they might want to switch on 10 users today and 1,000 tomorrow. So why not just make it a true pay-as-you-go? So if you want five people active, then license for five for one month. If you want to switch those off and switch 100 on the next month, do exactly that. So it's a complete flexibility on your on your um, business intelligence delivery.
1: Makes good sense. Okay. And I take it that means that rather than spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, this is affordable to now mid-sized businesses at the best.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I okay. mean, uh, I, I, I don't know if you want me to discuss actual pricing, but it's...
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: So for 20 pounds, uh, about $30 per user per month, you get a fully functioning business intelligence. Uh,
1: and what search. does that user see? What do they get access to?
2: So the corporate data, so we, it's a cloud-based solution. So the, the corporate data, the business data that you want to analyze, sits in a series of dashboards and reports and in some alerting software that lives on, um, we use the Microsoft cloud. It's a, it's a fairly good solution, uh, for us anyway. Um, the user has either a viewer or a, a, a client version of the software. They connect to this uh, dedicated secure cloud portal, and they can analyze um, the data, generate reports, read reports, click through dashboards, and set alerts for uh, understanding when thresholds and things like that have been breached.
1: Okay, so setting alerts, that's fascinating to me, around business data. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of things would be breached, for example, in business intelligence where I'd say, I need an alert for this?
2: Um, we- Things like uh, we we just we did a system for a, a, a local government and they, they were really concerned about absenteeism so they wanted to know when they, they reached a critical threshold on staffing levels um, particularly in healthcare so when um, so many people uh, of a certain skill set were were absent for whatever sickness or vacation or whatever it was they wanted alerts to come out as soon as that went into the rostering system that data was captured presented back to them as an alert with a click-through to go to read the dashboard that had that relevant information or a report, whichever they preferred. Um, in retail, a stock level goes low. In We did a system with uh, a large rail company and they wanted to know when they were going to breach their SLAs. So it's how many trains were late by how many minutes and did that accrue to breaching an SLA. So pe- perhaps they could... Change a timetable or put better services in so they didn't have to pay penalties.
1: Right, makes good sense. So we have a good sense of what's going on. Now, this isn't the only entrepreneurship uh, experience you've had. Tell us a little bit about this. I think you were the co-founder of WasteWeb, which is eBay for rubbish or trash, depending on where you're listening to this podcast, right? Uh, You did uh, Datopia, which sounds a little bit similar to business intelligence, Uh, Query Object, Thinking Machines, Cray Research, and Unisys, you worked with those guys as well. So tell us a little more about the startups, though. What else did you do, and how were they related to this one?
2: Um... So uh, there's there's actually another one as well called Quo Business Consultancy. So um, we had uh, myself and three other guys We set up a consulting company, which I was running, um, which was primarily aimed at delivering business intelligence solutions with some data mining. During that process, this is actually how ExoQuery came about. We we developed uh, a nice little niche. We focused on business objects and Cognos uh, against Oracle uh, and DB2 and some Microsoft, that was our sort of general model. Um, And we were quite successful. We got a good reputation in the marketplace for what we did. What we found was that the majority of our customers really did the same thing over and over again. They'd buy these expensive tool sets. We'd implement some very complex schemas for them. They'd get some great results. But they were paying hundreds of thousands for these solutions. And the number one thing that everyone did was they export to Excel. Mm-hmm. They run all these reports, they do everything else, export to Excel, and then that's how they slice and dice it thereafter. So we thought, why not cut out that step? Why not just build a solution that just pumps it straight into Excel in, in advanced dashboards? Right. Develop the software, right. take take out that step, and then enable everyone in, in, a, in a, a much more finessed and far less expensive way.
1: So What you've described, and we're going to take a break here in just a moment, but what you've described is a process I hear again and again from so many entrepreneurs. They begin by doing a job, a consulting job, in-house, as consultants themselves, you know, independents, whatever it is. And along the way, they find holes in the marketplace. They find better ways to do things. They find ways to productize what they're servicing, right? And suddenly, the productization of service becomes a business in itself. We're going to take a break here at CEO Coach right now. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that productization of service and the concepts of finding your niche as you do your jobs. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach with Jonathan Saunders of ExoQuery 365. We'll be right back.
0: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this.
3: unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions
4: of keywords,
3: what you need is authoritylabs.com
4: You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace webmasterradio.fm Hi,
0: I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
4: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center, host of Cyber Law and Business Report, wishing you all a happy holiday and a happy and safe new year. And remember... You don't need a lawyer to tell you, don't drink and drive. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm. Wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new
0: year. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: Welcome back. We're talking with... Jonathan Saunders today we're finding out about how he started his business uh, moving from a uh, service provider and consultancy into finding a hole a niche and uh, beginning to fill that need with productization of service we've talked an awful lot about productization of service because so many of those listening in have begun their own businesses in the consulting field so welcome back Jonathan thanks for taking the show Thank you. Okay, let's talk a little bit about how you're building this particular business. I know you've built several others along the way, which is interesting. Some of them scalable, and some of them not scalable, which mm-hmm. would be things like consultancies. But in terms of this one, you told me something interesting just before the show. You said, "Well, I didn't really want to build it, so I kind of farmed that out." Yeah, tell me about that. It,
2: it was an interesting one because I've been used to selling things that fairly big ticket. So Datorpia, mm-hmm. we sold to multi million dollar MPP data warehouses and and Cray and, um, you know, these other companies. They're all big-ticket items. With this, it's not really my expertise. I don't know how to sell things that cost £20, Um, and I decided we needed a different model. So I teamed up with a company called VSub, a virtual subsidiary, um, who were very keen on the idea of promoting this and actually took over the whole role of marketing, sales. They do the telesales. They do the investigation. They do all the follow-up. And so I could step back. We could continue with the development work with these guys who are experts in, um, and actually delivering something to market, and then and growing that business, I handed the whole thing over to them, and it's working really, really well.
1: So the V-Sub folks have been on this show before, and they explained how their process works. For those of you who don't want to go digging back into the annals of the, the catalogs of uh, CEO coach shows, just briefly, V-Sub is a virtual subsidiary. What they do is literally take companies like this, and they sell them throughout the world. Uh, I think focused first in the UK, and then into Europe, but Really, through EMEA and into uh, APAC as well, so uh, interesting stuff you decided that you would let them build it so it 's not really they 're building the business but they 're doing the sales, if you will, the sales and marketing. What does that let you focus on, and how did you decide that that was um, you know better use of your time if you will as CEOs, we are always overloaded, and you decided to farm out a pretty large chunk of it
2: hmm.
1: rather than bring it in house
2: so I, I had there's a parallel business that i 'm working on. Um, it's in the waste sector uh, which we mentioned earlier yeah and it's, it's something that's quite dear to my heart I I hate this whole concept of us continually filling up the land like yes. uh, just dumping effectively so myself and a couple of other guys we got together and we decided to create uh, a trading platform so that nothing would ever have to go to landfill again there's, there's always a way to reuse or recycle or repurpose uh, whatever it is so be it um Having a, a product that you can burn to create fuel, or or um, plastic to recycle, or wood for for uh, constr- another construction project, mm-hmm. or reuse, like working with hotels that with, we're we're uh, sitting in London in a, in a hotel now, and um, when when they refurbish this hotel, there'll be a thousand beds which That's will right. probably go to a dump. So WasteWeb in a B to B environment can take those thousand beds and, and put them up there. Um, so that uh, another charity or somebody else that needs those thousand beds can get access to those, so they never they don't end up in the dump.
1: All right. So it's not necessarily selling it; it's rather even giving it away or donating it, or sometimes does it sell as well?
2: It's it, it's uh, the the UK waste industry is nine point three billion of uh, traded value in pounds. Wow. Uh, nine point three billion pounds. So that's okay. like uh, what, twelve in excess of twelve billion dollars. Um, A lot of that in recycling. Uh So things like plastic, Uh plastic film sells at waste, sells at 300 plus pounds a ton.
1: Uh,
2: And there are tens of thousands of tons of that. So.
1: So I'd love to do entire shows on that. Uh, My own husband was involved in that sort of thing at the Boeing company. It's great stuff. But let's focus again on why. did you decide that you were going to give away a piece of this and outsource it rather than bringing in marketing and sales team in-house? Let them do that and so on. By I take it what you said was, well, I'm, I'm working on this recycling thing. Then I'm going to build this other company, giving people kind of SaaS access and, and one-off access to um, a system that used to be hundreds of thousands of dollars in a lot of hardware so now we put it on the cloud that's pretty good but i can't do both of them mm-hmm. and so you let somebody do the sales and marketing what portion of that uh exo query 365 do you still handle
2: so we have uh, in-house development um we do all the support the customer support we do the rollout of the product so for larger implementations uh the customer wants one of our engineers to go in-house so we still hold that within ExoQuery. query but but generating the leads uh, excuse the marketing campaigns, running the Twitter, the blogs, and everything else, that's all handled by VSub, sub uh, And okay. they, they are the experts, so it's, it was much better for us to right. hand that over. Right.
1: Okay, that makes good sense. And um, and, and the fee process on, on V-Sub, we have explained that in previous uh, um, podcasts, but basically it's about uh, giving them a percentage rather than having to pay them a whole lot up front and so on. Sometimes they actually do investment. VSub Capital is doing things like that. So, there's, there's all kinds of interesting ways to work with uh, companies like that. So, it's great stuff. I have to agree that it's a good thing. I'm not kind of tearing you up here mm. just so you know, saying, gee, you made the wrong decision. But it is fascinating that what you're telling me is by taking a chunk of one company and say, oh, that entire thing's going to be outsourced rather than that I have to manage more people to do that job, right, in house and get more seats in the office and so on and so forth, I can focus on doing two entirely different, if you will, um, uh, startups. At the same time, I take it that you are centrally sourcing the engineering portion, though, right? The people who are managing the construction of the products for ExoQuery three sixty five might also be managing the product, uh, the uh, software, if you will, for the rubbish or the eBay for rubbish, right? I, ah. I can't even, I love that description.
2: <laughs> Actually, I've I, I've I've decided to outsource parts of that as well. So, so okay. the guys that built the um, Barclays. The, the bank uk banking company built mm-hmm. their trading system uh set up a a trading platform development company um which we out- outsourced the development of our, our our um ebay for rubbish our waste web platform those guys to those guys so they've actually developed it skinned it uh they run it for us it's hosted on a secure triple failover environment with very high speed access so again figured why should we build an entire infrastructure? Why should we try and replicate something that's been built really, really effectively already by somebody else? Why not just leverage all of their skills, leverage all of their experience, and make that the heart of what we have? Skin it with our own, in our own way, but mm-hmm. but um, you know use their knowledge mm-hmm. for our benefit. That makes sense. And then we can focus on what what we can do best, which is um, package this and bring it to market. So rather than get involved in the technical and, and, and the running and building of this, just mm-hmm. focus on the, the side of it only. Which so is on one bit. of
1: them so one of them you you outsourced the technology and on one of them you've outsourced the marketing and sales. Yeah. very interesting. And between the two of them you've got two of them going. Now do you have yet a third enterprise that we should know about?
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so we've still got the consulting business. Um, we, okay. pri- we primarily do tra- training now. Um, there's a lot of training going on. I have no it. It just right. took off. We didn't expect it to.
1: All right. So in the training business, are you training trainers so that they can go out and train now, or are you still doing all of it yourself in a non-scalable way?
2: Um, we typically take on. We run sort of seminar-type training sessions okay. where we take uh, between five and a dozen people. Mm-hmm. Um, run a, a one to three day. A course, mm-hmm. uh, and at the end of that,
1: this is Julian Music at CEO Coach with Jonathan Saunders of ExoQuery 365. We'll be right back.
0: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. How much
1: time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Search metrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Get-
4: Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 11th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2013. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized Certificate of Achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 11th Annual IAC Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org
0: now. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's e-brands with a Z for eBrands. Ho, ho, ho. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, CEO of SiteTuners, and Chairperson of the Conversion Conference. I want to wish all of you a rocking fourth quarter, a great start to the new year and higher conversions in 2013. And that's in case we're still around and the world doesn't really come to an end.
4: From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year.
0: We're back with Jelly and Musig, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: And welcome back. This is Julian Musig at CEO Coach. We're here with Jonathan Saunders. Thanks again for joining us, Jonathan. We, um, we've we been talking about your serial entrepreneurships that are kind of overlapping now. And by outsourcing some pieces of a number of your businesses, you've been able to essentially run three. One scalable. Uh, no, two of them, I guess, are scalable. And one of them is kind of consultancy, so almost a lifestyle business. Correct. Um, how many do you think you might do overlapping like this, or are you thinking of spinning some of them off?
2: Um, I, I mean, I think it's quite interesting. We've got the, the the idea of the the waste web business is is something that we've already packaged as a franchisable uh, business. So we we expect um, we've actually already had interest from in Germany and Italy on that. So we can grow that business uh, quite significantly, which will take, I think, more of my time um, as as we roll that out into new territories. It's UK Mm -hmm. only today. So I don't currently have any plans to set up anything new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think three companies is probably enough.
1: Probably, yes, especially if you are going to scale the last one, the consultancy, through either franchises or even just uh, kind of brand licensing, yeah. uh, however you decide to do that. I'd say three Three probably cuts it. Yeah. But I think it's wonderful information that you can do that, leveraging your time as a CEO to actually run three businesses, two of which are related, one of them is not, um, by outsourcing strategic segments of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so… Pretty good stuff. One of the other things you talked about were some of the lessons you'd learned along the way. And I do if you'd be good enough to share some of those things. It's things about finding your niche. How did you find all of these niches? I know in one of them you were beginning with consultancy. How did you find the waste products, uh, you know, recycling thing? How did that come to you?
2: Um, that, was a, that was a strange one we, we were sitting in a pub uh, myself and two other guys and one of them he was in a, a business called autoclaving which is um, a process of processing some sort of rubbish and there's a byproduct that comes out at the end and he was really moaning that, that his business wasn't profitable because he had no market for the, the residual product the recycler that came out at the end um, so he said what can I do You know, I said I don't have a clue so I said well, why don't you just try and advertise it on the web have some sort of marketing behind it, and see if you can generate the market if there isn't one today. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who to call to sell it, and that was the seed for the whole idea. Um, my some of my background, I think it's it's <laughs> it's, it's pretty much like being in Italy and, and and solving all the problems over a bottle of wine.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so that notwithstanding, um, yeah, we uh, do want to talk about a couple of things here. Uh, let's let's talk about. Kind of business insight, all right. You said find your niche and then draw up a plan and then go get somebody who's got good business insight to talk to you about that. Somehow that's a bit of your own business intelligence. I get that. You know, that's that end of the industry. How did you locate people who would deep into these ideas and say, okay, let's do this? I think in the first case with the rubbish business, you found somebody already was an expert and was bemoaning it, and mm. that's how you found the hole, right?
2: Yeah, you know, I, th- I, I guess so. I, I mean, it's it always follows the same. You know, you have an idea and and you write up a business plan for that idea, but you don't get it right. No one ever gets it right the first. That's time. That's true. You have some great constantly ideas. Constantly modulate, and you need somebody that you can trust to look at what you've your your concepts, your ideas, your plans to move forward, and to to really write them to pieces, find the holes, mm-hmm. and and sit down with you and have a rational discussion. To say, you know, if you did it this way, why are you doing it that way, and so on and so on, until you come up with something that that really really works for you.
1: Makes sense and of course, even when that's finished, you're not really ever done. Your business model is a living thing. Okay. So we got that. But the bit about finding someone you can trust, I think that's really an important issue. I talk an awful lot about finding someone you can trust to build the business with you. And what you're saying is uh, you could even outsource that, if you will. You just want to find somebody you trust to go over that plan with you. They don't necessarily have to build the company with you. That would be an interesting thing too. And then of course, referring to regularly, you said, as this business, evolves that's pretty good one of the other things you talked about is you know hard-earned lessons this bit about needing investment if you need investment go for funding right but
2: when Um, it's it's it depends very much on the product um, and it depends what they're funding if they're funding IP or they're funding a a business that has something that's um, uh, where you can actually predict the revenue you have to have enough proof points to validate the valuation that you're going to present to the, the guys that you want to invest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very very easy to undervalue the business because you're trying to go for money too early. Um, where you have to give away such a, a large percentage of the company of the assets of the mm-hmm. of the equity in the business that it really it damages you long-term and then you, mm-hmm. you no longer work to your own business plan. You're working to an investor's um, dance at that point. Right.
1: I do find that some of the more uh, the more recent funding sources are very interesting. Indiegogo, uh, Kickstarter for those who are .orgs kind of, you know. Uh, but uh, also here, there is a short-term loan uh, operation in the uk and i can't even remember the name of it now uh but they were making uh, kind of what we would call payday loans in the united states mm-hmm. uh they're like one percent per day but the average loan is only 15 days sure. and it's less than what the bank would ding you if you were going to bounce a check they're now getting into small business funding mm-hmm. as much as about 15 or twenty five thousand pounds um for small businesses that seems to me like you know it'll be expensive again i think in there it's like one half of one percent per month and the the loans are a little bit longer again they're quite pricey considering today's rates at a bank but the banks unlikely to lend it to you Mm. you've got to find money somewhere getting to angels can be a difficulty this might be interesting bridges as well so i would agree with you if you can come up with any debt instrument to take care of that very early stage funding you're in much better shape. In the end, equity is the most expensive money you'll ever take mm-hmm. because you're not paying it back in, if you will, today's dollars. You're paying it back in tomorrow's value, and that, that can be, hopefully for the investor, you know, hundreds of percent. So difficult stuff, of course, for you, and that percentage of your company just fritters away so quickly. That mm. equity fritters away so quickly. By the time you get to serious investment, Series A and so on, you'll find yourself no longer in control. So that can be pretty tough. So, as we wrap up here at CEO Coach, um, you were also talking about getting really tight on the cash flow. Uh, that makes good sense, too. What were you referring to when you talked to me about that?
2: So, I think so I've done this twice. I'm, I'm, I'm a fool for doing it twice. I should have really ever done it once. Huh? Where, where, where you look at your, your business plan, you work out your cash flow. And- And then you accept payment terms because you're desperate for business. You accept payment terms that don't work for your business.
1: So in other words, they're too long. You don't get payment up front, that kind of thing. I do talk about that a lot too, especially with consultants. I say, you know, 70% of the work's right up front, and then they can pay you a little bit along the way. Mm -hmm. But when you open a bank, that's pretty rough stuff. So how did it work for you? What did you stumble on? Uh, in, the,
2: in the early stages, when, when, you've, when you've got half a dozen customers and three yeah. of them are paying you late, but you've still got payroll to meet and you've still got all your obligations for development and everything else, it doesn't work. Yeah. And if you get into that cycle where you're constantly chasing the unpaid bills, the unpaid debts from, from your customers, uh, it's untenable. And after a while, it, it throttles and chokes the business.
1: I would absolutely agree no matter what business you're in. So be really careful about making sure that cash flow works and be very firm about it in your contracts ahead of time. And what is it? Good fences make good neighbors. That's true. <laughs> right? yeah. So good contracts make good clients. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. We'll be back next week. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm or through iTunes. You can learn more about the show at facebook.com slash CEO coach podcast Jonathan if somebody wants to ask you a bit about your business and so on can they reach out to you are you willing to do a bit of mentorship uh, yeah I'd absolutely ask, yeah. all right how do they reach you by email
2: uh, Saunders at quobc.com
1: J saunders, s-a-u-n-d-e-r-s at quo q-u-o-b-c as in British Columbia dot com correct this is Jillian music at CEO coach till next week